Welcome to Into the Fire, a Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series. Hi, this is Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company, and I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Today we are doing a live podcast at So-and-So Books, located just a few blocks down the street from Burning Coal on Person Street. So thanks to So-and-So Books for having us in for the second year in a row. We have a very special um, set of guests today. We have a grand total of nine plays that have been selected for Kids Right 2023. Because there are so many, we're dividing them up into three acts. And so the two playwrights from Act One of Kids Right 2023 are here with us now. And if you two would introduce yourselves and tell us what the play is that you wrote. So I'm Aline Warner from Ravenscroft School, and my play is In the Courtyard. Uh, I'm Dana Anger, and I'm from Panther Creek High School, and I wrote a play called Lost Within One's Own Mind. Very good. Uh, Eileen, uh, uh, let's start with you. Uh, what, uh, what is your play about? Give us a little a breakdown of the, the synopsis, but no spoilers. All right, I'll try my hardest. Um, <laughs> so In the Courtyard is about the death of a landlord, right? And two tenants are called in, and they're the main suspects in his murder. So in my play, both interviews are kind of side by side on stage, going back and forth with the spotlight. And as they're interviewed by a detective, you know, truths are revealed, not everything's as it seems. So it's kind of a mystery thriller. That sounds fabulous. And had you uh, written this play before uh, Kids Ride 2023 came onto your radar? Or did you write it specifically for this festival? So, uh, yeah, basically, I was on... I've always kind of been, I've been a writer and I've been an actor. I, I've recently been kind of exploring theater because, you know, I grew up and out of my, you know, child voice. So I was the witch in Into the Woods Junior last year. And that was kind of my first time being like on stage. And it was incredible. Like I had so much fun and I've been continuing in theater. I was um, just Chris in the play that goes wrong and I was in Footloose. Um, and because of that, I kind of wanted to combine the two because I love writing and I love acting. So it's kind of a natural result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I contacted, you know, our theater director at our school and asked if there were any opportunities to write a play. And this is what he directed me to. And honestly, I had so much fun with the process and I'm super excited to see it performed. That's great. That's lovely. Dana, how about you? Tell us a little bit about your play and how it came about. Yeah, okay, so my school, we do this thing called the 24-Hour Play Festival, which is basically where we write, direct, and perform a play within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So I was a writer and actor for that, and so I was given a topic at the beginning, at the end of the school day, and my topic was lucid dreaming. So I didn't exactly know what that was, if I'm being honest, so I went to Pinterest, and I looked up what Lucid Dream was. And of course, Pictures is going to give you the very aesthetic, very colorful pictures. So when it came through, it just kind of gave me like a bunch of colors and it kind of gave like the like trippy kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic kind of thing. So it was very interesting to me. So I had like basically about like three hours to write this play for my school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of just, I've always liked writing and I've always like been able to do it in a sense of just kind of going to the flow. 
So I basically started writing, not really exactly knowing exactly what I was going to write about, but basically, if I can summarize it, it would basically be about this girl who goes into this dream world. And she's, it's kind of a story of like not really knowing what is real and what is fake, and kind of just like you kind of have to figure that out and figure out like is what she's seen real or is it not and like just kind of everything that goes around and just like how imagination can play a huge part or even if it really is imaginary. Is there another work of art, not necessarily theater, that inspired you? Was it the Pinterest images or is there <laughs> um, like another, like a movie or a, a, a song? So honestly, probably the Pinterest images. Um, yeah. Something very interesting is that when I write, I write a lot. I write like anything from plays to books to whatever, um, film scripts, but I, I never actually have a plot in mind. Um, I always go to Pinterest and I either make like a board of pictures compiled mm. together or just like randomly look up photos and it gives me inspiration. I don't know, it's a very interesting process well, of high write. A but... lot of directors do that. <laughs> uh, a lot of directors that work at Burning Coal will have an entire wall full of pictures mm -hmm. and maps and um, line drawings that they did or, or works of art mm -hmm. that they reproduce on the on the and on the wall and they bring it into the rehearsal room uh, and let the actors use it as inspiration. Yeah, as I've never well. been good at like drawing so I can't like do it that way so I found like great love for Pinterest because it very much just helps me get the inspiration yeah. flowing. So. And had you been working in other facets of theater besides playwriting? Mm -hmm. I've been doing, I've been acting in theater probably since like, I think it was like seventh grade probably about um, six or seven or something like that. I've been doing it for a while and I've always loved it and I've always loved writing too. So I, th I thought like at one point, um, especially with this 24 hour play festival, it was such a great way to do both, to act and write. I didn't act in my own play because that not worked very well. Mm. But um, I think it's, it's such a cool thing. I love theater. I love acting and writing. I think it's so cool to do both. So very sure, excited to see it. Sure. A lot of playwrights are directing their own work these days. I'm seeing that more and more. I think that may just be to, to get a second paycheck, but because uh, <laughs> it's so hard to make money in the theater. Eileen, uh, inspirations for you? Um, uh, other artists or other art that uh, inspired this play, or you in general as an artist? Oh, this is a whole story. So I'm like a video essay person. Um, I watch a ton of those, so I have like a ton of just random knowledge from that. Um, like while I draw or paint or sometimes play the oboe, but don't tell my teacher. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> one thing I was kind of aware of is the Japanese um, author Ryunosuke Kudagawa. And he wrote this short story called In a Grove, which my play In the Courtyard is kind of a reference mm -hmm. to. Okay. So in In a Grove, it's about the death of a samurai. And it's a bunch of different witness accounts, and all of them are just wildly different because you know like the the robber wants to make himself look good the wife wants to make herself look loyal the guy who came across the scene doesn't want to like look like he's guilty at all and finally just to find out what's going on they resurrect the spirit of the samurai and he also has a completely conflicting account because he also wants to make himself look good right. um and they turned that into a movie called rashomon which is the name of another akutagawa short story completely unrelated um, and the term for like authors giving different witness accounts that conflict because of bias, like not remembering it, trying to make yourself look good, is now called the Rashomon effect. Sure. So I wanted to do something based on the Rashomon effect going into that. Um, so that's why my play is structured like it is, with the two interviews going side by side, and of course like 
conflicting accounts, new things, not like everyone isn't telling the truth. So I think that's obviously my clearest inspiration and this that shows up also in the choir. Um, and the choir and my play, they're, so they're all masked and they're across the back of the stage, like in a little semicircle. And they all have percussive instruments. I purposely left that vague because I thought it might be cool to see, like in my head it was taiko drums, right? Because I was thinking of, again, Japan, because that's where my original inspiration with Rashomon Effect came from. And I was thinking of a Greek choir, since I love Greek plays and tragedies. So the choir is kind of a fusion of the two, and they respond kind of to what's happening with their instruments. Um, and as they kind of follow the beat of the play to some degree, there's a musical element, there are some drum rolls, they come in at big moments. Um, so that, I think, is my favorite part of my play, and that I kind of owe to In a Grove as well. You had read uh, In a Grove uh, in advance of uh, writing this play, or, or? Yeah, just a while before. I um, I mentioned it kind of, it was a video essay on the Rashomon effect, because that's just what I do in my spare time, you know, again, drawing, oboe practice, whatnot. Um, so I knew about it, and that kind of led me to read it on my own, explore some of the other works. And had you seen the Kurosawa film, uh, uh, Rashomon, had you seen that? Yeah, I had. Okay, interesting, very interesting. Uh, and let's uh, go back to Dinah then for a second. So Dinah, when you're uh, thinking about your future, um, is writing a part of that? Do you Mo think? Most definitely. So um, I'm a senior, so I have going to college this um, coming Right. Couple months, so um, I want to be. I want to study um, English education to be an English teacher. Right. Because um, I love writing, love reading, anything with that. So, but as long as doing that, I want to try to um, write books in the future. I want to try to like get them published someday, stuff like that, and like um, maybe even write um, movie scripts. I, I've done that before too, or even plays. Um, yeah. Anything that I can try to get produced in the world and mm -hmm. acting as well. So just like. Yeah, it's definitely something that I want to continue because I think it's something that I have such a strong passion for and I always have. I mean, always like whenever I'm like happy or sad or whatever emotion I have, I feel like I can just always know that I can express it through writing, even if I can't always express it through words. There's a lot of uh, talk uh, these days about getting uh, practical jobs, you know, as opposed to the, yeah. the liberal arts, you know, mm -hmm. which are seen as seen as less practical. Do you do you hear that? And do you, how do you <laughs> Most respond? Most definitely. Yeah. Um, I think since like since I think so, like I want to. My dream in life is to become a um, author and an actor in movie and TV. But a those two jobs are very unpredictable and are very hit or miss. Like it's either like your play or your film goes off or it doesn't. Right. And I think that's or even booked goes like it either sells or it doesn't. And it's really hard. To like be into these businesses because it really can have such a high or such a low difference in the and how it happens and I think I mean I don't want to give up and I think it's not gonna be easy for sure I mean maybe the first book I publish or the first something I publish isn't gonna go well okay I'll try again and I want to continue to try until something happens because I think the more that I try the better chance I have and I think knowing that's something that I'm so passionate about I don't want to give up when I was uh, acting in New York, I, I would often find myself one of three or four hundred actors waiting outside the equity building at 5 a.m. in the cold and yeah. rain. And, and at some point I realized that for the although I was one of 500 there, there were probably 50,000 
who didn't show up that day. Uh, and so I had already achieved what I needed to achieve just by being there. And so I think that must be true of writers as well. If you can write it, mm -hmm. that you will have won. And then whatever happens after that, let the, let the chips fall where they may. Um, and then uh, what about you? Have you, Eline, um, have you thought about the future? You're a senior as well? Or? No, I'm a freshman, actually. You're a freshman, wow. Okay. So, yeah, um, for a while I thought I was going to be an anesthesiologist, right? Because it's like, it's a decent residency time, you know, I can get out of it, I can make good money, maybe I can find somewhere where I can set my hours, even though that's not always possible, but it like seemed like the reasonable choice. And I guess the plan was always make a ton of money, retire early, and then do what I love. Right. But I, I've been speaking with a lot of people, especially in this last year, and I've kind of come to the conclusion that I would rather suffer at what I love than have an easy time at something I don't. Because I think that's kind of the point of life to some degree. Mm -hmm. So I guess the plan is I'm, I want to be an author. I want to do English and classics. Um, I want to sell books. I want to travel the world writing. And, you know, if I have to work a part-time job at Costco to do that, <laughs> I guess that yeah. comes, comes with the job. Well, um, uh, would either of you be moving out of North Carolina, do you think? Is that the plan, Definitely. or do you want to stay? Or? I want to, so my goal is probably to go to New York. Um, I, I went there recently with my theater um, class, and I loved it. And I think, like, I, I think that's also a really good place for me to be if I want to be a writer and an actor. Um, I think that they have a really good balance of things, and I, can, I think it's one of the better places I can to achieve those goals. And then eventually, eventually, I want to move to Europe. That's uh. it. Very much a goal of mine, but Natalie has dual citizenship with Bel in Belgium, so uh, she's uh, able to do that. Thankfully, she hasn't done it yet. We've, we've still got her here. But uh, Eline, uh, staying around, heading you somewhere else. What's your What are your plans? Uh, so we spent a lot of time in um, South Carolina, kind of down right by Hilton Head, and on in Beaufort, like right by the sea, mm -hmm. there's this kind of line of old southern houses that are facing the water. Yeah. And me and my mom will like drive by them in the car. And the goal is because they're like in, within walking distance of a really good coffee shop. I wanna yeah. I'm gonna like contact an agent as soon as one of those houses opens. And of course like I'm out of college and working. I'm buying it where I'm gonna have like a painting studio facing the sea and I'm wow. gonna write there. Wow, that sounds like heaven. Okay, great. Not that New York City doesn't. But, uh, um, okay, well, uh, both of you, uh, uh, congratulations on uh, on uh, being a part of Kids Ride 2023 this time. We really appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing your work. The performance dates for Kids Ride is uh, Saturday and Sunday, May 27th and 28th at 2 p.m. each day. So. Um, if anybody uh, listening to the podcast wants additional information, they can find it on our website at burningcold.org. And thank you very thank much. You. Okay, so uh, so this is a big group. Um, Act Two has uh, four plays. Um, uh, I'm going to ask people to introduce themselves and, and give where they go to school and uh, what the title of their play is, and I will start with this young man. Uh, my name is Neil Joshi. I go to Devonshire Middle School, and the title of my play is "Title of My Play is Who Did It." Who did it? By Neil Joshi. And Neil, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, would you say the name of your school one more time? Uh, Davis Drive Middle School. Davis Drive. Okay, very good. And then uh, uh, Caleb. Um, hi, my name is Caleb Van Dornaward, 
and um, I wrote going up. And I go to Wake Forest High School. You wouldn't be Dutch by chance. I am Dutch, yes. And then the Wild Dream has a grand total of seven riders. I believe we have five of them here, uh, unless there are a couple of schizophrenics in the room. No, just kidding. Uh, we have seven riders. Uh, so let's start on uh, the left side. And if you would introduce yourself and tell us what school you all go to. I'm Jasmine Richter, and I go to Franklin Academy in Middle School. Jasmine Richter, Richter, and you all go to Franklin, Franklin Academy yeah. Middle School. And next? My name is Katie Haynes. Hello, Katie. My name is Audrey Fagan. Audrey? Anna Bryan. Uh, Anna? And Mackenzie Quince. And Mackenzie. Okay, very good. And who are the two Mackenzie that are not here today? We're missing Danny Sanders and Sadie Hancox. Danny and Sadie. Hello, Danny and Sadie. We wish you were here, but since you're not, we'll toss out a hello to you as well. Um, I'm not going to remember all of your names, so I'm just going <laughs> to point to you. And if you would, say your name and then answer the question that I ask if, if you possibly can. So let's start uh, over here. Um, tell us, uh, what what is the wild dream about? Um, it's about these two teenagers and their younger sister, or his younger sister, and she's adventurous, and she's wild, and she's kooky, and she's a spunky little kid, and she has um, these dreams, and she wakes up one morning and wants to go on an adventure with um, her brother, and they somehow are teleported to the Wild West and meet the villain of the story and have to find a way to defeat the, the villain. Uh, very good. Uh, Anna? I, I'm right on that yes. one. Yes. Good Lord. Give me a brownie point. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, Anna, um, uh, how did this uh, idea come about? Uh, did one of you have it or did you have it collectively? We're a part of a class in school called Advanced Acting and one of our projects was to write a play for um, the fifth grade audience and we were brainstorming ideas and this one was the one we came up with. Why the fifth grade audience? Uh, we had to perform a one act for our first semester grade, and this was our project. Very good. Uh, but why not the sixth grade or the fourth grade? Uh, I think our teacher wanted us to figure out what audience we were writing to and kind of, I guess, write it for them. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then Sadie. Sadie is here. Audrey. Audrey. Uh, uh, darn it, I blew it. Uh, Audrey. Um, uh, was this the first play that you have written or participated in writing? Um, so this isn't the first play we've written. We've actually written a bunch of, I'd almost call them skits, in years before. I'm sure, I think all of us have, because we've been in classes at Franklin prior uh -huh. to this one. Okay. Um, this one is definitely, I've, we've never, this is our first one that we've performed. This is like our first one that we've written as, um, a mini one act like the other ones we've written are like five minutes long at max this one is like 15 minutes so that's yeah and Sadie yes Katie, Katie? <laughs> I have a 50-50 chance Katie <laughs> Katie um, uh, did it perform for the fifth grade did the we what? did all of us um, plus the two that aren't here and who directed it um, we sort of directed it ourselves the group process were you acting in it as well yeah Oh, very good. Were there other students in it who weren't writers? 
Uh, no. It was all of us. We, we had extras. We, we had, had extras, extras. Yeah, but mm-hmm. they weren't really speaking parts. They weren't doing very much. You gave all the good roles for, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we had to. We had no choice. So, um, so when you uh, think back on this process, talk to me about the, the most difficult moment for you. And then I'd also like to hear about the, the best moment for you. I think the most difficult moment was us like trying to figure out like what we were gonna do and like we all had different ideas that we wanted to do and but we had to pick one and um, I think the like how do I say being political yeah and like um, <laughs> in the end having to decide yeah and having having to decide which one we were gonna do and I think the best thing was like getting to perform it with each other and like having our like ideas come to life and everything and getting to see it. Do you, if, if, if it wasn't your idea first, do you feel like it's your idea now? Having, having written it, do you all feel that they're all nodding? I mean, I think so. It feels like a collective thing now. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. There's, there's a lesson in that perhaps. Uh, <clears throat> if uh, Congress is listening, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, Neil. Let's move move on to you, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, um, I'm I'm curious about you. Uh, what grade are you in, Neil? Um, seventh grade. You're in the seventh grade. Okay, so you might be our youngest. Is Neil our youngest playwright this year? I think so. Good. Well, congratulations, Neil. Had you written a play before? Um, no, I have not. Had you read a play before? Um, I think so. <laughs> By seventh grade, usually you're reading Our Town or Romeo and Juliet or something like that, maybe? <laughs> no? no? I think I read Romeo and Juliet in seventh grade. Uh, so um, uh, what's, uh, what, uh, what's, uh, what, what is it about a play that makes it challenging or makes it fun for you or, or perhaps both? Um, well, what makes a play interesting is Getting the inspiration and putting it into words, that's what I find fun. Like, Where did the inspiration come from for your play? Um, well, I've read some mystery books, so definitely from there. And I just want to be British for once. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all want to be British for once, uh, especially during the coronation week. So uh, I can certainly... Certainly understand that uh, that feeling. And then Caleb, mm-hmm. uh, tell me a little bit about your play without giving any giving any spoilers away. What can you tell us about your play? Um, so going up at its heart is a um, story about acceptance, but it's like masked as a comedy, which I love doing. Um, it's about four distinct different people. There's a depressed old woman, a 80s rocker going through a midlife crisis, who I took inspiration from for my outfit. <laughs> um, there is a business mogul and a monk, and they all get inside of an elevator, and then it breaks down, and they have to learn to deal with one another while they wait for a um, very unhelpful voice uh, tell them that there's help on the way. Sort of a, 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 an incompetent Deus Machina. Yeah, um, there's a lot of moments in the play where it's just like, yeah, help's on the way, but they got stuck in an elevator. So <laughs> that's a very interesting uh, uh, idea. That idea of 
writing about a serious subject, but using a comedic form mm -hmm. uh, to, to do that. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Why does that appeal to you? And are there examples of it that you're interested in? Yes. Um, so I have been acting since I was six years old. Um, I'm actually for college since I'm a senior. I'm going to UNC Greensboro for a BFA in acting. That is Program, yeah. um, and um, I'm super excited about it. But the um, the big thing was I've always wanted to be treated as a serious actor. Um, I definitely fit the role of being able to do comedic timing. And um, we just did uh, Sound of Music over at my school, and I got Max for like my final senior mm -hmm. uh, role. So it was just like I've always been doing comedic things, but I've always wanted to be treated seriously. So I didn't, I couldn't think of a better way to do this than. Um, write a play that was somewhat funny um, and have some little allegories for life and acceptance in it. Mm -hmm. It's not unlike life. Uh, I think mm -hmm. we, we have many trials and tribulations, but if we can find a way to laugh at them, sometimes mm -hmm. they feel a little bit less uh, painful and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Uh, um, I'd like to switch back over to the Wild Dream uh, company again and ask, and you, you guys can uh, feel this as you as you see fit. But um, what is is your who is your inspiration, or what is your inspiration as an artist? Not necessarily for the Wild Dream, but just as an artist in general. Are there is there an, a person or a group of people or a, a type of thing that motivates you? Anybody? Um. I think our director, mm -hmm. uh, Heather Dahlberg, she is amazing. Mm -hmm. She helped us through the whole process. If we ever got stuck in a hole, she would help us out. Um, she's been acting for like 20 years, mm -hmm. so she knows her stuff. Uh -huh. And she's the one who helped give us inspiration for The Wild Dream. Good. That's good. Anybody else have an answer on that? Any artist or work of art that appeals? Yes. I think all of us has always loved being on stage. Mm -hmm. So... That played a big part into writing this, too. Is that true for all of you? And is there an actor that you've seen uh, that you thought, wow, that's that's what I want to do with my life? And you think of... Uh... Um, he's no longer with us, but Cameron Boyce was a big part for me because I always like saw myself in him. I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> is that a, a film actor? Or? Yeah. He was um, in a lot of Disney shows, okay. and I always like looked up to him. Okay. Other 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 people, other artists. I'd say that Walt Disney. He's a big inspiration for me. I'm a huge Disney fan myself, um, but I always loved his work, and I loved where he came from and how he really built himself up as a huge, you know, big face for a huge company and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big dream for him. He, he had an idea, a very specific idea, and he stuck with it all the way. And, and it was not something that had been done before, so it must have been quite a challenge for him to, to hold on to that dream for, for that long. And working in a medium that didn't even really quite exist yet, if you think about it, the film industry was just barely getting off the ground when Disney came along. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I think that's, that, that is a person who's a very big inspiration. Anybody else? Uh, and, and I would open it up to our two gentlemen as well. Are there are, are there artists that are inspirations to you? Um, for me personally, um, I, I I started writing after um, I read this. Um, I read Dear Theo, the letters from Vincent Van Gogh to his 
um, his younger brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it moved me in like such like in such a way that someone that undergoing such um, conflict within his mind um, could create such beauties and not even be recognized for it properly enough until like many years later after he went and um, seeing him be able to create such a long-lasting impact on other people long after he's gone really inspired me to many um, other artists for sure mm -hmm. and audiences Neil how about you any artists that you look up to or listen to or aspire to um, not really, but I do like to read a lot of books. And Any author, uh, authors in particular? Um, probably Alex London. He's one of my favorite authors. Is he a mystery writer? No. Okay, okay. but you do like mysteries. Uh, yeah. You said you like mysteries, yeah. Um, have I, have any of you been a part of the rehearsal process yet for for this show? You, you've been a part of it so far? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. can you tell me so far? Anything uh, that you've learned or... or <laughs> say, say stressful. It's very stressful. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very stressful. Anything else for this show in particular? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it took a lot to figure it out. Like we had the idea, and it was kind of impossible to do because it was kind of crazy and all over the place. But we managed to figure out how to do it. And I think it worked. And, and this is the fifth grade. Well, I was actually thinking about the Burning Coal performances. Have you been a part of that yet? We got asked a few questions. Oh, good. About okay. Yeah. And I know that there was a question about editing. Some of the plays were asked to edit a few pages down. I'm not sure if any of yours did. Your, did yours, uh, Caleb? Get uh, yeah, I had to um, take away five pages from it, but I kind of cheated because I kind of just took away some of the stage directions and <laughs> and uh, decreased the font size just a little, and then it worked. <laughs> I've used the old font thing many times myself, yeah. Did you guys have to edit your play at all? Definitely the ending of it, because our ending was a little choppy, so we had to before like, we clean that up. Not by request, but before we submitted it. Yeah, yeah. Right. we wanted to make sure it was like picture perfect. Okay, good. Neil, did you, were you asked to cut any of your plays? Yeah, five pages. Was it hard? Did you use the font thing? <laughs> <laughs> I just deleted the blank lines. Say that again? I deleted the blank lines. Uh-huh, okay, okay, blank lines. Well, that certainly would uh, would do it. Uh, no, um, we uh, we wanted to keep them uh, tight, you know, because we chose so many this time. And uh, But the other thing is, I, I do think that, uh, I'm trying to remember, there's a famous uh, novel that was written, was it Hemingway, who had a novel called The Killers, I think, and his editor said, you know, this is a lot of, writing uh, are you sure you need all these many 380 pages or whatever for the book and he went back and started editing it and ended up with a seven page short story <laughs> and uh, and it is highly regarded as the greatest short story written in the 20th century so uh, editing is not a bad thing he said looking over his glasses at caleb who's <laughs> <laughs> pretending to be interested in a book right now so uh, as any, any good student would do. Uh, well, uh, it has been a joy for me to, to meet all of you. Um, and uh, and I, I'm sorry we didn't have the other two people here uh, today um, for uh, The Wild Dream. I was particularly looking forward to meeting Sadie, but... Um, <laughs> just kidding. 
Um, but uh, again, I will say, first of all, thank you to all and thank you for the parents who are uh, no doubt uh, uh, expending a lot of energy and time to make this possible for us mm -hmm. as well. Um, May 27th and 28th, that's a Saturday and Sunday at Burning Cold Theater, 2 p.m., uh, we'll do the three acts, and we hope that you will all stay for all three of those acts and, and support your local playwrights, as they say. And uh, God bless you all for being writers and being artists in the 21st century. We really need you all. So thank you. So let's uh, start with our writers. If each of you would introduce yourselves, tell us uh, where you're from, what high school you go to, and what uh, the title of your play is. We'll start on this side. My name is Nina Ridley-Clayton. I am a senior at Longleaf School of the Arts, and my play is titled Overdue. Uh-huh, Overdue. Nina, thank you. Yes. Uh, my name is Izzy Richmond. I'm a senior at Enloe High School, and my play is called Damn Cigarettes. And Izzy, you're not new to burning coal. That's right. Not quite. <laughs> Not quite. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'm Addison Florio. I attend Athens Drive High School, and my play is called Velius. Velius. Okay. Um, and then our director for Act Three is. Hello, I'm Allison Acuff, and um, I live in North Carolina, and I'm out of school. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, let's uh, start uh, with uh, Nina. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Overdue. Um, did you write this because of Kids Ride, or was it something you had been working on before? I was working on it before. It is actually an adaptation of a novella I wrote. Okay. Um, I originally wrote it for the International Thespian Society Playwriting Festival, which we took to both regionals and states and won it both, so I will be going to nationals with it this summer. That's fabulous. What's the play about? What's Overdue about? Um, a group of teenagers struggle to survive an unknown apocalyptic event in their school's library. The title is obviously a pun that my teacher suggested. <laughs> ah, the teacher threw, gave you the title. Very good. Izzy, uh, what about yours? Uh, um, my play is kind of about the process of grieving and how we let go of the people that we lose and move on with our lives. And Addison? I consider my play to be a retelling or a continued story. It is about Medusa's son, who I created on my own. And he's blind. He lives in a cave all by himself because if they found out who he was, that Medusa had a son, he would be killed and just kind of all of that. So he meets the daughter of Aphrodite and they form a very close platonic friendship and it really just forms off of feelings and emotions. It sounds like mythology is something of interest to you. Has that yes. been the case for a long time or did you jump into it with the writing of this play? Weirdly, yes. I've always found the story of Medusa interesting and then with writing I've always wrote fantasy or science fiction and then once this opportunity came up, um, I don't know even how Medusa got into my head, but this is definitely what I wanted to do. Okay. Uh, Izzy, what about you? What was the inspiration for your piece? Um, my school does something called Senior Directs, where we're all uh, able to create a one act that we direct and everything. Most people choose one that's already been written. I knew I wanted to write mine. I knew I wanted to do a two-person show focusing on a couple dynamic. And that's what this was originally for. I ended up using something else for that. But um, when I got to produce, this started 
as my idea for my senior direct and then the senior direct went in a different direction but I had the script and I knew I wanted to do kids write again so I was like oh I'll submit it for that instead. So tell us about your past experience with Burning Coal. You've done several things with us haven't you? Yeah I did Titus Andronicus for um, I don't know what year that was honestly. The summer camp. Yeah for the yeah. summer camp and I really liked it and then I wrote a play last year called Fill in the Blank that my teacher encouraged me to submit to a couple different different festivals and Burning Coal was one of them and I've always had really great experiences here and I knew for you know my last year I wanted to do it again. Great. Nina, what about you? What was the inspiration for your work? I mean, I honestly can't remember. I started this a couple of years ago, uh -huh. but I think it was a dream in which I had the image of snow falling outside of a library and I just, it was an interesting story to consider. A lot of writers talk about that, about uh, that a, a single image or a phrase or even a, a, a part of a song or a piece of music will inspire them to write something. Is that, does that sound like the process that you followed here? Oh, most definitely. And, and so, so what happens after that, after you see the image and you get inspired by it, what's the next step in the process? Everybody is inspired by something from time to time. You're walking down the street, you see a bluebird in a tree, that's inspiring, but not everybody writes a finished play. How do you get from, from the beginning of that process to the end? I started by writing the scene that led directly up to that image, which is the last scene in both the play and the novella. And from there, I kind of had to figure out what led to this. What led to the situation that the characters were in, and how did they get there, and how are they going to get out of it? That's fascinating. That sounds really fascinating. What school do you go to again? Longleaf School of the Arts. Longleaf, yeah. Who's the, who's the te drama teacher there? Um, Virginia Smith. And have you, have you worked with Virginia as an actor or as a, any, anything other than a writer? I have worked with her since sixth grade, and in my time there I've done costumes, lighting, acting, stage management, writing, and directing the show. Well, so you've been there for eight years? No, I guess not quite that Middle and high school with her. Middle, oh, you have been there for six years, okay. Good. Uh, Izzy, where do you go to school? Uh, I go to Enloe High School. Enloe, yeah, which is the arts magnet yeah. school in this area, and have you been acting there as well? Or? Yeah, all four years I've been in our fall plays, I'm in our audition-based acting troupe, and then I also am our school's prop master. Uh-huh, very good. So that's very important. Do you build props? Uh, we build a lot of props, and it is a tedious process. I, 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 will, <laughs> I will let that sit there for a second. Uh, um, um, uh, Allison, let's ask you a, a question. You've now had a chance, uh, you're a week into rehearsals, working with uh, these three minds, uh, uh, you know, dealing with them. Uh, what can you tell us about that? How is that different for you? Have, have you worked with young writers before? And if, if so, uh, when? And if not, what's the difference between that and working with, say, an established playwright? Um, so I have worked with young writers before. Um, in Connecticut, we do something called the Young Playwrights Festival. Um, uh, and when I lived there uh, and worked at the O'Neill, we kind of did that. Um, but I've also worked with established writers as well, um, doing some stuff off-Broadway. Um, but it's very similar. Um, I would say that the process of working with a young writer is just the same as working with, um, you know, maybe a writer who has um, produced a few plays before. Um, I think that maybe the only differences have been like how many times maybe they've seen their work produced. Um, but it sounds like for you three, you've uh, certainly been involved in theater quite a bit. So you may have had your work produced um, differently and more often than some established writers may have as well. 
Edison, you are assisting um, her as well. Uh, do, do you want to talk about that? You have to wear two different hats, I guess, in that room. Is that difficult for you? I do. Um, it's definitely, I love the process. I love um, seeing all the different plays and then being able to see mine as well come to life. It's so interesting because these characters, they're in your mind and you think they're just, they're going to stay there. But now they're in front of you they're real people, and it's an amazing process, and I am so grateful that Allison is. Is it easy to let them out, uh, to, to let go of them, uh, or do you find yourself wanting to micromanage the performances? I do find myself wanting to, you know, <laughs> do a little this and there, but um, I think that as a writer, you do have to let your characters go because you can't always tell their story and even just as a writer, you need outside opinions, outside thoughts, because you get stuck in your little world, and you're not even sure where you are in your writing. And it's such a process a writer has to experience. In, in order to grow, I would, I would think that would be true. Have either of you had a play that you wrote, uh, done, performed live yet? Uh, either of you, Izzy, you have? Uh... Uh, I had kids write last year, and then this year, um, the show that I used for my senior direct, I wrote, directed, did all the technical elements. So you, for you've it. actually done that. You've finished the, the thing, yeah. And um, was it hard for you to let go of what you had in your mind? You know, I was really lucky. I had two phenomenal actors in my um, show that really, I wanted to give them the freedom to make everything seem real because my big thing with the play that I ended up doing was I wanted it to feel so real and like you were invading in these people's lives. So I actually didn't find myself micromanaging, but I think that's because of the style of the show. Now, Izzy, you, you uh, saw the kids right last year, but did you actually work in the rehearsal room with the No, I didn't. Right, so you, it was just there. Suddenly it was alive and lumbering down the street like the Frankenstein's monster. Did, did it surprise you? Did you learn anything? Did it you? did. Well, and last year it was all live streamed. It yeah. wasn't in person. Yeah. So that's not what I'd envisioned when I wrote it. So that was re really interesting to watch it on a screen versus yeah. in front of you. Um, but I, I really liked, I actually thought it was really cool just sending it out and being like, go for it. Because that is what happens a lot of time with published writing is it's out there, it's out of your hands. But when you did the play at your school, you were involved in the process, right? You were directing it as, yeah. as well. And did you find yourself learning things in the process of, of working on the play? Oh, absolutely. I have so much more respect for my directors when it comes to casting. That was so hard. I will never harass a director again about when the cast list is coming out. Um, but then just work it. I, I'm someone who really loves devising theater, building things from the ground up with your actors. So I really liked the collaboration process rather than saying, okay, on this line, you're going to go here. I really liked collaborating with them yeah. um, in that way. Yeah. As opposed to dictating this is how you should do this yeah. and that sort of thing. And Nina, you've had you've had a show of yours produced and you've seen the results. Were you in the rehearsal room when that was happening? Or? It was this show that I put forth to Kids Right that got selected. Um, we performed it earlier this year for a public audience and again at the State Festival. Uh -huh. So I directed it and was on stage You were the it. director of it as well. Wow. Yes. And, and acted in it. Goodness. Uh, so you must have learned a ton about the characters. Um, Allison, um, you've worked, I mean, the O'Neill is uh, as prominent a developer of new 
writing for the theater as there is in America and perhaps in the world. Um, uh, what uh, what do you say to a young writer when they're first starting out about what to do and what not to do? Are there are there do's and don'ts that you learned um, while working there or in New York? Definitely. I mean, I would say, you know, starting out as a writer, I'm, I also am a, a casual writer myself. I'm more, much more of a director, but I do like to write. But I would definitely say, like, continue to write. Don't let those moments of when somebody reads your piece and criticizes it, don't let that put you in your head or, you know, put you in a space where you aren't wanting to create anymore. Right. Um, because I think that's that's super easy and super relatable for all of us that sometimes we get to a space where we're like, oh, am I am I any good at this? I'm, you know, and it's like we, what you were saying, Jerry, about like you're waiting outside as an actor, but you've beat the 50,000 people that didn't show up, yeah. you know, um, you and the 400 people who did show up, you're going to have more of an opportunity um, to, to do your work and to do your piece. And so I would definitely say for any young writer who is um, starting out or even like you guys it sounds like have been writing since you were much younger than now um, and I would just say don't let don't let your your voice be silenced or discouraged in any place of um, of criticism I think that's that's very good advice uh, well thank thank you to the three of you we, we appreciate your work Izzy we appreciate your work again uh, so uh, I guess you're a senior now so. yeah so we won't be able to have Izzy ride for us next year, but maybe we'll snare you in some other way if you're not off to the Big Apple by then. Uh, okay, everybody, thank you all uh, to Nina, to Izzy, and to Addison, and uh, also to Allison, our director, for Act 3 of Kids Ride 2023. Thank you. Guys.